Dads, do you want a thriving business that doesn't control you? A passionate marriage and kids that adore you? Do you want to grow deeper in your faith? Be healthier, both physically and mentally? Build more meaningful relationships with your friends? Welcome to the Balanced Business Dad Podcast, where in each episode, we dive into balancing and optimizing the six pillars of life, faith, health, marriage, fatherhood, brotherhood, and business. And here are your hosts, pioneers of the Balanced Business Dad movement, Dustin Hogue and RJ Campbell. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Balanced Business Dad. I'm your host, Coach Dustin Hogue, and with me always, my partner, my co-host, and I'm just going to leave it at that today, Mr. RJ Campbell. RJ, how are we doing today? I'm doing great here in cold and icy St. Louis, Missouri, as we record on this yes. beautiful morning. Yes, everything is shut down because it's when there's a little bit of ice, St. Louis freaks out. So guys, we have a treat as always for you. Our goal is just to bring constant value and make sure that these episodes and these interviews just offer you value for as the business dad. And so today we have a life coach in the episode. I want to say in the studio, but we're in three different places today, but on the episode, and that is Mr. Martin, I'm probably going to butcher this, but Salama Martin, how are you? Great. And I'll give you the chance. I'll, I'll let that one pass. That's yeah. Martin Salama, kind of like Salami with an A. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. So I, I should have asked. That's my fault. So we're going to jump right into it's it. So um, you know, Martin has uh, quite a story, but he's also out here helping other people and helping other dads. Uh, he's a dad himself. He's a husband himself, but has a story of uh, things that wasn't always so perfect are not as great as they're looking today. So Martin, we'd love to hear about who you are now and what you do. And then kind of the out of balance and the, the thing that got you here. So take it away. Well, first thing is, thank you so much. Thank you, RJ and Coach Dustin for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. I think it's best if I start when I was young. This part, I didn't speak with you beforehand, but I think you'll find the, the relevance of it. When I was 10 years old, I had a tragedy in my life that affected me for the next 40 years of my life. Nice. I was 10. I have four older sisters and I had a brother named Michael who was five years younger than me and he was killed oh. by a school bus. Oh, wow. And as you can imagine, that tragedy affected us on a deep, deep level. We were all distraught. My parents were distraught. I was, my sisters. And it was a terrible time. What had happened for me, though, as a 10-year-old, looking at my family dynamic and saying, I'm the only boy now. I couldn't wait to get a brother. And now I lost him when I was 10 years old. In my mind, I tell myself a story. It's my job to carry the mantle, to carry the legacy for the family name, for the family. So at 10 years old, I told myself it's my job to make sure that my parents are always happy and they never feel any kind of pain anywhere near this. Wow. Can you imagine what that was like for a 10-year-old? Yeah, no yeah, stress that's, there. Yeah, that's a lot to carry. Yeah, yeah. So at that moment, I can look back now and say that was a defining moment and I became a people pleaser at that time. And uh, it's something that I carried for the next 40 years without recognizing what it really was about. And with that, for me, what came through with being a people pleaser was I had took everything personally. I was a control freak and I had a very short temper because, you know, think about it as a people pleaser, you want to make sure that everybody's happy. So you got to be in control. And when things aren't that way, you're taking it personally. Like, what do you mean? I'm doing the best I can. How can you not recognize that? And then at the end of it, when all that fails, you lose it. And of, of course, a, a deeper part of that was looking for my parents' recognition, my parents' approval that I was being the guy who was going to carry on the mantle. When I got married, it was the same thing. Now I'm trying to make my wife happy. And I'm trying to make my parents happy. And I'm spinning all these plates, not making anybody happy. But I would rationalize that what I was doing was okay because it was for the greater good. 
And about 40 years later, or now, as I was becoming a new person, which I'll get into, I recognize that the word rationalize is really two words, rational lies. That we lie to ourselves that it's rational to go against what we believe is really the truth or really what we should be doing because we want to please others or we're feeding our ego or something like that. How does that sound? Mm, it's good. Yeah, that's rationalized. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. I think I actually just wrote a blog piece on our website that's similar to that. But how do we rationalize yeah. the lies that we tell? What timing? Right. Yeah, so there you go. So now let's fast forward to 2008. Interesting year in our world, yeah, right? Absolutely. My wife and I, we're working on a project for five years to build a multi-million dollar tennis club and health club in New Jersey. And that came about because in early 2000s, I had closed the business and my wife was like, you know, you got to find something to do, even though we have residual income coming in and retail, you know, uh, real estate income coming in. You got to find something to do. You can't sit around all day and do nothing. <laughs> That's literally the word she used. So she said, I'm having trouble finding places to play tennis. I just started playing tennis and the Getting court time is ridiculous. I'm playing at 9, 10 o'clock in that. I said, okay. So we start on this path. And it takes about five years to get through all of the processes, you know, finding the location, making a deal with the owner of the property, going, get, getting the feasibility reports and the architecture and the engineering, and then getting through the city and the state and getting all their approvals. So if this happened in 2006 or 2007 and I went to the bank, at that point, they were giving money oh, they didn't care what you were doing with it. They just wanted to lend money. But in my case, it was 2008. <laughs> and it was the summer of 2008. And we finally got all the approvals. And I had by now put in over $3 million of my money and investors' money. All right? So I go to the bank and I go, guys, we're ready. We finally got all the approvals. Let's get going. They're like, yeah, we're not lending right now. Things are slowing down. I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, we'll see what happens. September 2008, Bernie Madoff, subprime loans. The world falls apart. And just like that, so do I. I am broke to the point that I stopped paying my mortgage. I stopped paying my car payments. And one day my son, about two months later, says, Dad, they're towing away our car. I was being repossessed. This was not a good time. And it took me about a year to pick myself up out of this literally situational depression and say, what the heck am I going to do with the rest of my life? You know? And uh, with some great help around me, support, I decided, okay, I got to move forward. What do I want to do? I was tired of being a businessman. But I looked back over my life and I realized one of the things I got from my parents was their community involvement. So they were a leader. I was a leader in the community. And part of that had to do with me wanting to be recognized for doing great things. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm the founder of the first synagogue in Eatontown, New Jersey, that now has over 400 mm -hmm. families, which is a beautiful thing. But it, as I went through coaching, I recognized that I don't need all the recognition for it. It needs to build itself on its own, which is a beautiful thing. But along the way, as a leader, lots of times people come into these organizations. They go, oh, I can't. I don't know what to do. I said, just give me a few hours and I'll, I'll show you how much you could affect change. As a result, I recognized I was a life coach without even realizing that's what I was doing. Right. So I was like, OK, that's what I'll do. I'll become a life coach. And about two months before I was supposed to start coach training, it was my 24th wedding anniversary. And my wife says, that's it. I'm done. I want a divorce. Mm. I'm like, man, I can't catch a break. And maybe I should have said to her, you know, uh, I didn't get you any gift like that for our anniversary. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't say that. I was devastated again. Yeah. And I could have just rolled into a ball and went into a pity party. 
But I said, you know what? Let me see what this life coaching is going to do for me. And to be honest, I really believe God was telling me, you need this. You've got to figure out what's going on in your life and move forward. And before I went to life coaching, they handed me a list of books that said, read a couple of them. And one of them was a book by Don Miguel Ruiz called The Four Agreements. Did you ever read it? No, but I'll write it down. <laughs> yeah, so that's, um, yeah, might be our first because Dustin is a tremendous reader of you know, business and improvement books. And it cracks me up because every time somebody mentions one, they'll mention the author and Dustin already lights up. I never know the author of any book. He always knows them. that might be the first one we've ever had that he hadn't read. So the four agreements. All right. The four agreements. And I'll tell you all four, but there was the second one is the one that really made a difference to me. They all did, but the, especially the second. The first one is be impeccable with your words. The second is don't take anything personal. Number three, don't make assumptions. And number four, always do your best. Love that. Isn't that fantastic? (laughs) So if you can incorporate all those things in your life on a consistent basis, what a beautiful thing. So here I am going to life coaching and they're saying, you know, you don't have to stay who you think you are. You're allowed to change. I'm like, really? I don't have to be someone who's always on edge, always ready to get into a confrontation instead of a conversation. And when I read, don't take anything personally, it was as if a lightning bolt had come out of the ground, out of the sky and said, hello, wake up. You don't have to have the world on your shoulders. So that was a main, another defining moment for me. At that moment, I recognized, oh, this is what I am. I'm a people pleaser. And these are the things that have come as a result of that. So the first thing I said to myself as I was going through coaching was, I'm going to take care of myself first, as long as I'm not hurting anybody along the way. And that was kind of like the beginning of the transformation. <laughs> I wish it was just like that. I could snap a finger right. and I was, you know, <laughs> it's not that simple. Yeah. I like that yeah. where you mentioned um, when the coaching says you don't have to be who you are today. And we always talk about how you have to be authentic or people are going to see right through that and call you on that bull crap. But that doesn't mean you have to, I, right. I just like that you point out, you don't have to be who you are today. You can still be yourself. You can improve and that's who you are then as far as coaching. Yeah, right. that's, that's a great exactly. point that, yeah, you don't have to be who you are today. And by the way, I'm a, yeah. Martin and I have talked about this, I'm a total people pleaser too. This is where Dustin and I are balance each other out. So I can empathize with everything that he's saying. It's always my fault. That's always my thought. What did I do wrong? And I'll say yeah. no. So are you saying Dustin is not a people pleaser? He's the opposite of that? No, I'm going to say he's, I'm going to say uh, that he's rational. <laughs> Uh-oh, we say we can't yeah, use rational. Go. He's authentic. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's that is definitely my right, cool. Total people pleaser always have been. I now call myself a recovering people pleaser. So I got a couple of questions, you know, so you go into this state in 08. Um, I think actually 08 is probably when I lost everything too. I think that's when a lot of the people lost everything. I was just a lot younger. I was 23. So uh, I guess it'd been 2010. Mm-hmm. So, but a lot happened for a lot of people then. And then you went into this, where did you even consider becoming a life coach? Did you have coaches in business or did you have coaches in life or how did you get into that? So it's interesting. I, the first time I even heard of life coaches or coaches in general in this term, other than being a football coach and saying, get out of the field, right. give me that back. You know, that's what I thought of as what a coach yep. was, you know, yep. was as I became more and more reading of uh, Robert Kiyosaki and uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Now that one I know. And that one I know. Yeah, that one you know, right? Okay. In there, I, I mean, I really loved everything he was putting out. 100%. And in there one day, he, I got an email about being coached 
by his team. I was like, okay, what's that about? So I picked up a call and at the time I was in process of building a business and I was looking for a business coach and he was great. The guy was a fantastic, helpful to me. And I recognized that along the way, the things I had learned there had helped me in business. I never really translated it to my life nice. because I thought, okay, whatever I am, I am in life. If I could fix. So I kind of had two masks in my life. Okay. My business mask and my regular mask. Yeah. Interesting. So part of the thing that you, I guess you're known for now is you're, you're coaching people and, it, and it's something called, if this is correct, the architect of the warrior's life code, L-I-F-E code. Would love for you to dive into that. Right. Absolutely. So as soon as I finished graduating from coach training, I decided, okay, what kind of coach do I want to be? I became a divorce recovery coach. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. I just gotten through divorce and I recognized all the things that had gotten me to the point that I was in my life now in a good way was because of going through life coach training. So I was like, okay, let me show these people who are suffering, whether you asked for the divorce or you were asked, you have pain. And most men don't want to even recognize that. So I did this for a few years and I enjoyed it. And then one day I looked in the mirror and I was also had a, in a dead end job. I needed money. And that was a tough thing to get a job as well because I come from a, an affluent community and people know everybody and they're like, Martin Salama, he's a multimillionaire. He doesn't need money. He'll come in and he'll find out my business, go get funding and, and become my competitor. I'm like, you know, it, it's not like that. I need a job. So finally I got a job while I was trying to build my coaching training. So I was in a little bit of a dead end job and I was allowing it to affect me. So I stopped, even though I was coaching others, I wasn't being coached. I wasn't allowing those things to help me to continue my growth. But you know what? I got to tell you guys, and Dustin, you will probably agree. Every coach needs a coach. Or two or three. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> At least. <laughs> Couldn't agree At least. more. Yes. So one day I looked in the mirror and I was the heaviest I ever was in my life. And I said, you know what? This is all your own fault. You allowed yourself. You made decisions to get like this. So what are you going to do about it? So a friend of mine was on Facebook one day talking about a 30-minute workout that you could do from home. I was like, okay, I can wake up a little earlier than I am now before I go to work, work out, and then go to work. As long as I don't have to go to the gym, come back and pay the gym membership and all that, I'll do this. And within nine months, I lost 65 pounds. Excellent. But along with that came a new sense of self. I went from self-conscious to self-aware. Self-conscious and self-aware. Talk more about that. I like that. Yeah. So I actually just recently came out with a line of a card deck, which I'll show you now. Here it is. Okay. Okay. The Warrior to Warrior card deck. And I'll get into where that name came from in a minute. But one of the cards is self-aware versus self-conscious. So I'll read just a little bit of it to you. Self-aware. Self-conscious comes from a place of negative energy, guilt, conflict, and doubt. Self-consciousness is more outward-directed. It's being more concerned about what others are thinking of you and how the situation is going to affect you. You probably react to uncomfortable situations instead of respond. There's more to it, but that you get the idea. Yeah. Self-awareness comes from a place of positive energy, acceptance, contentment, self-assuredness. Self-awareness is more inward-facing. You have an accurate and realistic understanding of how you're feeling and responding to situations and how you feel about things. So love that it was that shift. Yeah, yeah, that was very good. So that was part of the thing there. So now I was saying I was changing. I lost 65 pounds. I was reading better. I was eating better. I was my mindset had shifted. 
And one day I was doing something that I got to tell you, I'm ADHD and I was meditating. <laughs> could, you, could you imagine a guy ADD, ADHD meditating? Like, okay, when's this going to be over? I got to go on. I can't, I can't, I can't, you know, but I got through the 10 minutes and it was one of those guided meditation guys. Yep. But while one day when I was doing it, I had this download of information. And after I finished, I wrote for two hours. And out of that, I realized I wanted to show people how they could love their life like I was loving my life at that time. And I took the word life and created an acronym. Live incredibly full every day. Love it. Because that's what I was doing. So simple. Yeah. Not easy, but so simple. Wow. So then I said, okay, great. And I started to coach my clients around this, around the idea of, changing their mindset from lack to abundance and on a deeper level from self-conscious to self-aware. One of the things that started happening at that point is I started dating again because now I understood who I was. I liked myself. I was starting to love myself. And I understood that what my values were. And I wish I knew this when I was 23, 24, getting married the first time because now I knew what my values were. But I was also going to start dating and I wanted to know what their values were to see if we had the same kinds. Because looking back, I was in a codependent relationship and our, our values were never the same. Now, I had many good years. I have four beautiful children, eight unbelievable grandchildren. And we had many, many good years. But I was always in a codependent relationship. So I said, I'm not going to let that happen to me again. So I'd go out on dates. And without even them knowing, they were, I was interviewing them about their values as we were talking. That's great. That's not what we were doing when we were 17, 18, and 19 when we were dating. No, we were thinking exactly. with the other head. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Absolutely. the same type of interview. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, and one day I started dating this woman and she's checking off all the boxes. And I'm going out again and she's checking them off. And her personality is great. Everything's fantastic. About a month into it, I, you know, I look at her, I go, I got to tell you something. And it's not that I need to hear it back from you, but I want to let you know that I'm falling in love with you. And I'm telling you this because I love who you are and I love that you see me exactly as I am and you're not trying to change me. So I'm happy to say two years later, we got married and we've been married for almost five years. Excellent. Excellent. What a story about, well, becoming obviously extremely unbalanced in so many areas of life and then coming back and really finding your path is what I would say with that. And what I love yeah. about it is the life coaching school is what it sounded like was actually coaching for you, right? Like which yeah. I've coached a lot and I've had a lot of coaches training. That's kind of what it always is. But whether they knew that what they were doing to you or not, that's what you got out of it, right? Which I love that. Oh, they knew. <laughs> they knew. Because that first after that first weekend, which it was almost a year that it took me to get my certification. But after that first weekend, you're assigned a peer coach and you're peer coaching. Oh, got, gotcha. So they get you right into the fire right away in a positive nice. way. Wow. Nice. Love that. So, and are you still specializing in the divorce coaching or do you do a little bit different now? I do a little bit different. So uh, I, once that started happening, I started developing my program around the ideas of helping people shift their mindsets in business, in life, in everything, in relationships, in everything. And uh, I started taking this word life and creating programs around it and expanding what I had already done in a more general way for not more than just divorced people. And then something happened in 2020. 
You remember what happened in 2020? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Some people went in hiding. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it was March 2020 and uh, the world shuts down and we're like, it's only going to be two, three weeks. And now it becomes May. And I'm looking around and everybody is like chicken little. The sky is falling. I'm like, why is everybody so worried? And then I realized, wait a minute, why am I not worried? Because that's all I've ever done my whole life is worry about everything. Why am I now not doing that anymore? And my wife, too, wasn't worrying. And I realized the last 10, 12 years had prepared me for anything, absolutely anything that comes along, even something called COVID. And I recognized that whatever was going to happen, I was going to get through this with no problem. Life was going to be okay. So I got onto Facebook and I said, guys, I get it. I understand why you're worried because this was me 10, 12 years ago. And now I'm not like that anymore. So let me show you how to go from being worried to being a warrior. And that's where the warrior's life code came out of. Love that. So how would you describe a warrior? So a warrior to me is not necessarily somebody who's wearing armor and going out there and conquering the world. It could be. But for me, a warrior is really somebody in the context of saying, I've gone through a lot of adversity in my life. And as a result of it, I'm stronger. Yes. And I'm, I'm not worrying about things. I'm more of a warrior and I'm going to figure it out. What an amazing answer. So we have uh, talked on it for probably the last three weeks. This has came up quite a bit on uh, people we're interviewing about certain people in this space, men, coaches, masterminds, men, that kind of thing. They are where they're putting on this warrior face and the Spartan helmet. You need a sword and that's the only way you can live. And you have to have a lumberjack beard with an ax. And it's like, whoa, that's not what it's all about. But honestly, what you no. just said is what it's all about. That's being yeah. the, the yeah. warrior in your, we call it just being the, the modern man, but you don't have to give up your masculinity to do it. You still can have the masculinity in Thanks. there, but we don't need a sword. So I love that answer. Exactly right. And Coach Dustin, to your point, being a man is not the same thing it was in the 70s and 80s when I was growing right. up. Back there, it meant you got to be tough. You never tell anybody your weaknesses. You never ask for help. You never show someone your emotions. Thank God for someone like Brene Brown, yes. who's brought the word vulnerability out of the closet. Yeah, my wife and I were just talking about her this morning. That's great. Yeah. I don't know who that because, is again. You know what? <laughs> we know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, RJ, go do I your gotta, research. I got to read more. <laughs> yeah, no, she, she's something unbelievable. And it was, even wasn't even reading. It was watching that one TED Talk she did about, I don't know, 12, 15 years now yeah. ago, something like that, on vulnerability. And it's about that's what you got to be. In today's society, men – especially because women get it. They've gotten for the last who knows how many years. The more you show your authentic self, the more you can show up for whoever and they can show up for you. Dads, if you don't get anything out of this episode, that is what you should have got. That was excellent. I couldn't agree more with that, Martin. Thank you so much. Thank you for the work you're doing out there. I love seeing the mindset shift and talking about why you weren't worried during COVID, that says a lot. You know, it was not something that I, I was worried about by any means. Um, you know, I had some family that's freaking out. The sky is falling. Some that it's it's not even different. But you, what I liked about that is you took all the political awareness out of it. And it was just, no, I'm prepared for what's going to happen because I've prepared myself. No matter what, I've prepared right. myself. And I love that. Thank you so much for saying that. All right. That is huge. Well, thank you. Yeah. So Martin, where can our listeners find you, your courses and all that good stuff? So 
the best way what I've done is I've come up with a website that's got a bunch of different things on it. Free gifts, a way to buy my book, a way to buy my cards that I, we just talked about for a minute. Yeah. For example, one of the free gifts, which would be great for parents out here, is called the Abundant Warrior Mindset. Okay. And I, what I did was I took the word warrior and brought it, broke it down into seven letters, the seven letters into an acronym again. <laughs> oh, surprise. <laughs> and I made, first I did this about a year ago because I was on a summit for parents. I made a coloring book for kids on the, you know, seven tips you must teach your kids about being an abundant warrior mindset. And then I got so much positive feedback from it that the parents are like, I want one too. So if you go to my website, connectwithmartin.com, that's one of the free, two of the free gifts you could get, a coloring book for you and a coloring book for your kids. Awesome. I'll definitely look into that. And we'll have all that in the show notes as well. This was great. I got a ton out of it. A book that I can read. I A lot of people, all those books I've, I've read before. I have not read The Four Agreements. I'll definitely go back to see that. You know, you talk about Robert Kiyosaki. That was at a finding moment in my life. I think I read that in 2007, probably. And uh, started my entrepreneur journey that the first one was absolutely a failure, but yet I st- stuck with it. So uh, Robert Kiyosaki speaks to a lot of us. So that's awesome. Uh, that uh, was, Martin, by the again, way, the is... first book that Dustin got me to read as a coach. I was. Yeah. I, yes. Oh, yeah, yes. That, that changed so much. You know, the basic principle. Yeah. The basic principle of understanding assets and liabilities and then taking your understanding. It's in the book. It's really talking about financial assets and liabilities. Yeah. But if, as a life coach, I now talk about assets in your life besides financial and liabilities in your life. Okay. And assets add to you and liabilities take away from you. Absolutely. Simple as that. I love that. I love how you correlated that book with uh, just the life coaching. That's awesome. Again, Martin, thank you so much. We're going to wrap it up today, guys. But make sure you connect with Martin. All that information will be on the show notes. And again, thank you so much for listening. We Our goal is just to bring value to all the business dads out there. We have a lot coming up. Of course, it's the Dad Up Council. We'll talk about that, which is just a mastermind for business dads where we meet a couple times a month. We will set up in person as well, you know, maybe once or twice a year, but it's a mastermind for dads and it's to celebrate wins together, it's to celebrate challenges together, it's to hold each other accountable. And that's an amazing organization. You can go to dadupcouncil.com. That website's going to be revamping a little bit, but at least you can get a hold of us there. We also have our retreat coming up. We have two retreats a year, and that is. I should know this, but it's the first weekend of <laughs> first May. First weekend. First weekend of May, May 5th, 6th, and 7th in beautiful Lesterville, Missouri, which is about two hours south of St. Louis. So, guys, be on the lookout for that. And then, RJ, let's close this out. Yeah. So, guys, as we say every time, thank you so much for listening. Help us out. We want to get this podcast noticed by the other, a lot of other dads that are out there, business dads. So, What you can do as a service to us as we provide this to you is rate the podcast. Uh, Give us a review. That helps it show up in a lot of places so that other dads can find to get this great great messages and good content. So that's the best part. Dustin mentioned the Dad Up Council. We also have a public Facebook group. You can reach us there. So on Facebook, just search The Balanced Business Dad. Uh, We have probably 300 dads sharing life together on that. It's a great way to communicate with us. So we offer that as well. Uh, this has been fantastic. Martin, thank you so much. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for being so authentic with yourselves. And the service that you're giving out there is fantastic. So good for you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you. This.
This is the podcastfactory.com.